0: This episode is brought to you by Kettle and Fire. As I focus on gut healing with my family and my clients, bone broth is a nutrient-rich food with an abundance of collagen and glycine. Real bone broth can support gut healing, joint protection, reducing inflammation, and a big one, balancing minerals or electrolytes on a meat-based diet. Kettle and Fire is a brand I trust as the next best option to making your own homemade bone broth. They only use 100% grass-finished beef bones and 100% free-range chicken bones. They use no additives or preservatives, no antibiotics or hormones, no artificial flavors or colors, and every serving has 10 grams of protein. When I first started eating meat-based, I had homemade bone broth at almost every meal. I'm glad that brands like Kettle and Fire are around to make quality bone broths more accessible. Make sure to get your bone broth at kettleandfire.com and use code nutritionwithjudy at checkout to get 20% off your purchase. Thanks for listening and let's get back to the show. Hey guys, it's Judy from Nutrition with Judy. Thanks again for joining me today. My name is Judy Cho, and I am a nutritional therapy practitioner. I work with clients to get to root cause healing. Oftentimes, that is working on the gut with a meat-based elimination diet. All right, so today we are going to talk about omega-3s and if we need to be eating fish on a meat-based diet. I have always been an advocate about eating fish on a meat-based diet. I think that In general, salmon has so many nutrients and even sardines and other fatty fish that has so many nutrients that other meats may not have as much of on a meat-based diet. Yes, there are countless stories of people just eating beef or just eating pork or just eating chicken and they do well, but we don't know if they could be doing better or thriving better if they can eat a wide variety of meats on a meat-based diet. As a nutritional therapist, I like to focus on nutrient density. So I think it's really important not to just eat a bunch of processed cheese and sausages. Now, it's okay to eat that occasionally and while you're transitioning. But in general, we want to eat more whole, real foods. And I don't really care if it's grass-finished or grain-fed. I mean, ideally, there are some ideals, and I'm not getting into that here. But in general, we really just want to eat a variety because there are certain nutrients that are not in every single food. Okay, so I am going to quickly show you some graphics just to prove my point with this nutrient density. So if you look at the ribeye, yes, it's nutrient-dense, but if you look at B1, which is thiamine, which this example shows about three and a half ounces, um, and the thiamine count is about 6.8%. So So just to put things into perspective, if you were to eat about 20 ounces of ribeye a day, that would put your thiamine at less than 50% of your RDA levels or your recommended daily allowance. Now, I know we don't have to follow all of the recommended daily allowances. We understand that it's going to be different for each person, that maybe they're not even that accurate. But in terms of vitamin B1, um, that helps us to convert foods into energy and it does a lot of other roles and so thiamine is actually really important and unfortunately beef in general whether it's beef liver beef ribeye beef any other beef um, is going to be less than ideal when it comes to thiamine if you look at pork belly so if you see this and this is um, again this is just conventional raised uh, pork But if you look at the B1, just in three and a half ounces, you're at 33%. So if you have nine ounces, you will basically be hitting your daily value. And again, this is not about hitting your every single micronutrient in chronometer. This is really just to get an understanding that other meats may have more nutrition than other meats. And so eating a variety on a meat-based diet just might be a smarter bet. So if you look at pork belly, it's good in vitamin B1, but if you look down here, omega-3s aren't the greatest, right? It has 480 milligrams. If you go to beef, omega-3 is actually pretty low as well. It's 10 milligrams. Even in beef liver, the B1 is low and so is the omega-3s. Just to note, the vitamin A is really high. So is the chromium. So is the copper, just something to consider. And so is the vitamin B12, which As much as vitamin B12 is a water-soluble vitamin, it can actually still get stored. And yes, vitamin D can balance vitamin A, but if you look at vitamin A, it's really high here and there's like almost none in vitamin D. So is the expectation that then we must go out in the sun to get vitamin D. Just some thoughts on liver. Okay, so moving on. Salmon. So B1 is pretty good. Um, it's thiam- If you cannot eat pork, the next best option is probably salmon. So if you see right here, this is B1. It's um, 17% for three and a half ounces. But look at the omega threes, right? So if we're, if we're like, oh, we need to eat lamb for the omega threes or grass fed versions of beef have the omega threes. Salmon. And that is where you will really get your amounts of omega threes. There are concerns with eating fish and farm fish and canned fish and heavy metals and that our oceans are polluted. And it's all true, but I don't think the risks of all of those things outweigh the benefits of getting omega-3s in our diet. Um, Salmon is one of the few foods that there are no essential uh, vitamins and minerals that are missing in fish. If you look at salmon, vitamin D is pretty high. In three and a half ounces alone, there is 55% of your daily value. Vitamin E, there's 23%. But if you look at selenium, which is you know a key mineral, there's 43% in just three and a half ounces. This is where I think fish is so important. I know a lot of carnivores and meat-based dieters and nose-to-tail advocates don't believe that fish is necessary, and I highly disagree with them. So I have a podcast episode where I interview a PhD in regards to the importance of omega-3s and how it can benefit you. Now I'm not going to get into all the details of the benefits of omega-3s, but if you are having dry skin, um, if you are having muscle fatigue, you may need um, some more omega-3 fatty acids. If you think about every single cell, the bio the biphospholipid layer outside of the cell is made of fats. And so we want a good balance of our fatty acids. So I just wanted to show you this um, test. It's called, it's from Omega Quant. This one is the omega-3 index plus report. So I know people love data. And so I'm going to show you this test where this is pulled from your blood work. So they are able to check your omega-3 index compared to um, other fats in your body and what the ideals may be. Now, this person eats salmon probably once a week. I did recommend some high quality fish oils. Now I only recommend two brands and I have vetted them. They use the triglyceride form and they do also testing to make sure that their fish oils are not rancid. I do recommend eating fish over supplements, but if you cannot do fish, then supplementation may be your next bet. So they have a lot of studies where they show that if your omega-3 index is closer to about eight, that is ideal. So this client of mine, um, she is at about seven. So I want to move her needle just a little bit more. And so I have recommended that she eats salmon at least three to four times a week. She could do fish roe. She could do sardines. It's up to her, but this shows again, your blood work. So what she does is she gives a drop of blood and sends it in. And then we got these results, but this shows her omega-3 index isn't as ideal in her blood cells. And then if you go down here, it shows the ratio of omega-6 to omega-3. And ideally, you want to be less than 5 to 1. So she's right at the cusp. So I'm not that unhappy with her results. And then her arachidonic acid to EPA, um, it's it, she's in the ideal range. So that's great. And there's all this context that you could read. I'm not going to kind of go through all of that science. Again, I have a interview that talks about the different informations on this. And I will link that in the show notes. Okay. So this is a trans fat index. And this is again, another marker of fatty acids in the red blood cell membranes. And so you want to be, I guess she's at the very cusp again, anything less than one is ideal. She's at 0.95. I want to see this improve. So the next page is what I really love about this test. This breaks down, based on your blood level, all the different fatty acid groups. So you have the omega-3 fatty acids, omega-6, the monounsaturated fatty acids, saturated trans fatty, and then the ratios. Again, we just saw some of these ratios above. So again, if you look at this and your results are less than ideal, you want to incorporate some fatty fish, some salmon, um, some salmon roe, some sardines, or if you can't tolerate any fish, then I would even consider taking some fish oil supplements. I don't think long-term that's the way to go. I think you should honestly consume some fish, but I get it. Some of my clients really hate the taste of fish. So this is a great test to take. I think it's less than $100 per test, but All you have to do is drop a little bit of blood and then you can see the full profile of your fatty acids in your red blood cells. And so you don't have to worry about, well, I should take some stearic acid from beef because my stearic acid is low and and not sure of where your fatty acids really fall. Instead, just get tested. Here's a simple test that shows the breakdown of your red blood cells and the fatty acids. So if you're worried about linoleic acid, alpha linoleic. Um, If you're worried about arachidonic acid, well, here you go. Here are all your markers. And then you can figure out, do you need to incorporate more fish? Or do you need to really eat some more stearic acid fats? This is where testing is super important. This is through your blood work. So it's much more ideal. And then you don't have to worry. And I highly recommend that you eat some more fish. The more test results I'm getting of this, I do see that a meat-based dieter would do wonders for their fatty acid composition if they were to incorporate a little bit of fatty fish. I know there's a lot of groups right now that are anti-fish and I just I just don't see why. If you guys haven't been incorporating fish in your meat-based diet, I would consider it. Um, You can take this simple test to really figure out if you really need it. Maybe you don't, and then maybe you never have to eat fish again. You also may not want to take this test, and then it may just be safe to consume. Um, I think this test, their results recommend that you consume about three to four servings of fatty fish a week. So that would, I would say, at least six ounces of salmon three to four times a week. And you can figure out Um, what quality, what types, and all that. I'm not going to get into that. It's really bio-individual, but your red blood cells share a lot of your information. And so instead of just saying, fish has PUFAs, fish has this, fish has this toxin, instead, why don't you just get simple blood work done to know really what the truth is. I hope this video shows you a snippet of the importance of eating a rainbow or a variety of meats on a carnivore diet, when you can tolerate it, Um, and then also the importance of eating fatty fish. If you are interested in getting tested, there are more details in the show notes, and there is a current sale on this test as well. All right, guys, you know the drill. Make sure to eat a lot of meat. Take care of your bodies because it is the only place you have to live. I will talk to you guys next week. Take care. Bye.